You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. And that's kind of one of the themes we've been really trying to hit on, you know, again, it's just that desperate need all of us have um, for God. And oftentimes, I think we're only really aware of that in the difficult and the painful, the troubling, and those times where we're in those lows, we're in those valleys, we're in those struggles. Um, And oftentimes, we kind of find ourselves when things are going good and uh, we're in the places of victory and we're riding high, uh, a lot of times we kind of just tend to think we don't need God um, in those places. And so one of the things we've really been trying to cover throughout the series, again, is just how much we really do need God's help in every area of our life, every season um, of our life. And unfortunately, most of us kind of wait until we've kind of crashed in a place before we reach out and, and ask God to help us um, in areas where God is is more than willing and more than able uh, to help us in overcoming all the things um, in our lives. Last week, uh, I kind of started looking at the issue of being overwhelmed. How many of you have, have been overwhelmed in life. Yeah, all of us have been overwhelmed. I mean, some of you, if I were to ask you, how many of you have been overwhelmed this week? A lot of us would would raise our hand. It's easy to become overwhelmed with good things. There's a lot of great things out there that can overwhelm us. We don't just get overwhelmed by bad things. I mean, we can get overwhelmed by a lot of great things, a lot of good opportunities, a lot of great choices out there. We can get overwhelmed um, in those areas. And again, God wants to bring his wisdom in those areas areas, those places as well, so that we're able to, to take and, and look at all of the good and really focus on the best. What is God really calling me uh, to do in that place of, of being overwhelmed? So it doesn't just have to be in the, in the struggles, the, the tough areas that God wants to help us. And you know, I've, this is probably something I need to say probably every sermon, uh, at the start of every sermon. I don't. Um, I just operate probably more out of assumption. But, you know, just do me a favor this morning. Um, Do yourself a favor this morning. Listen to what I want to say this morning for what you need to get out of this. Don't sit and, and listen and think to yourself, boy, I sure hope he's listening. Boy, I sure hope she's listening. Boy, I wish my neighbor was here to hear this. Boy, I wish my boss was here. I hear this more often than I care to. And I've been really committed to just stopping people in their tracks and saying, you, you are listening for all of the wrong reasons. This is for you. It is primarily, first and foremost, what God wants to say to you this morning is for you. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't take something away to share with somebody else later on, but oftentimes we kind of come at this as if, you know, I've got it all figured out, life's good, I don't need this, but maybe I can learn something for my spouse or my kids or my boss. And No, 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 no. I want you to come this morning with a heart that just simply says, God, I believe you want to speak 
to me this morning. I believe, God, you want to challenge my heart. God, I believe you want to move in me um, this morning. So I just say that um, just as, again, a way to position our hearts. I try to do this even when I'm listening to other people. God, what do I need to receive um, out of this? Um, So again, that's just kind of a way, again, I just ask you, position your hearts um, that way this morning, and I just believe that God will bless you. We were using the, the story of the mother of Jesus, Mary, um, as, as an illustration of someone who got overwhelmed. And Mary certainly had the potential, if you were here last week, we kind of talked about her story a little bit, and you may remember, as we kind of talked about all of the things that were kind of happening in the life of this very young woman, I mean, she was definitely in a position to be overwhelmed. And, and a lot of it was good stuff. And that's why I said you can get overwhelmed with really good God stuff, um, and we still need God's help in that area. So again, here's Mary. I mean, she's got the, 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 the announcement that she's going to be pregnant, having never known a man. She's going to be carrying not just any baby, but the Son of God. Good stuff but overwhelming nonetheless. So let's just review her story as found um, in Luke. And again, I kind of said this last week. um, What's beautiful about Luke's gospel is Luke simply went out and found the people uh, who were disciples of Jesus, Um, who were the recipients of miracles of Jesus, people who sat under the teaching uh, of Jesus. Luke went out and found people who had experienced Jesus and kind of just interviewed them. And, And this is what he does in Luke chapter one. He goes to Mary and he says, Mary, tell me your story. This is, again, part of what inspiration uh, of, the, of the Bible means. When, when the Bible says that all Scripture is inspired, God breathed, this is kind of a part of inspiration. Um, and, and so Mary at this time is filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke, at this time, as Luke's writing and recording Mary's story, Luke is filled with the Holy Spirit. And part of inspiration is, is that as Mary is telling her story, God is just bringing to her remembrance the things that happen. God brings to her remembrance the things that were said to her. God brings to her remembrance her responses to the angel. And and Luke is recording her firsthand account. That is part of inspiration. Part of when we talk about the inspiration of God's word is that this really happened and and it is recorded accurately for our benefit. And so as we are uh, sharing, this isn't hearsay. This isn't, you know, something that was passed down from generations. Luke is getting this from the lips of Mary as she recounts her experience in, in this. And beginning in verse 26, um, so I kind of want you just to, to think uh, and, and to see Mary's talking to Luke. She's telling Luke what happens here. The following month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin, Mary, engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. 
Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, let me just ask you this. If an angel of the Lord appeared to you and said, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you, how many of you would remember that? Yeah, we all would remember that. That, that would be one of those, like, you know, impactful moments, those encounters with God that you would never, ever forget. And her response was confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to wonderfully bless you. Very soon now you will become pregnant and have a baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. He shall be very great and shall be called the son of God. And the Lord God shall give him the throne of his ancestor David and he shall reign forever. His kingdom shall never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. Again, this is the mystery. None of us understands how God did this. We just believe God did it. Because what is impossible for us is possible with God. And she said, the Holy Spirit, it's going to come upon you. The power of God shall overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be utterly holy, the son of God. Furthermore, six months ago, your aunt Elizabeth, the barren one, they called her, became pregnant in her old age. For every promise from God shall surely come true. And Mary's response was, I am the Lord's servant. I am willing to do whatever he wants. May everything you said come true. Then the angel disappeared. A few days later, Mary hurried to the highlands of Judea to the town where Zacharias lived to visit her cousin Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, as we talked about last week, again, all of this unfolds in Mary's life around the time she's 13 years old, maybe at the most 14 years old. And again, I said to you, let that sink in for a moment. She's a young teenager. And again, imagine as best you can or put yourself in her shoes as best you can and you kind of can begin to see the potential of becoming overwhelmed in that situation. Again, it's a great thing. I mean, God is blessing her. God is using her in a great way. But again, Mary has that potential to become overwhelmed by all of that because she doesn't understand exactly what all God is going to do or how God is going to do it. And so she kind of has some responses in this that we are looking at because it needs to be our responses when we are overwhelmed by things, whether those are good or bad things. We talked about, again, the first thing that we need to do when we feel overwhelmed is we got to let control, we got to let go of our need to control the situation. Mary was in a situation she could not control. She was in a situation she could not do anything about to make what God wanted to do come about. She was kind of like in over her head. Everything that God was going to do, God had to do because it was more than Mary could ever do on her own. And so there's just part of her response is, okay, I just got to let go of control of this. 
And oftentimes when we get overwhelmed, what we typically want to do is, you know, the more out of control we feel, the more overwhelmed we feel, the more we kind of want to redouble our efforts to control it. You ever done that? You start to feel overwhelmed. And so what you do is oftentimes you just try to double down and you try to just get more control of it. And the more you try to get control of it, the more overwhelmed you're going to become. We try to control it more. We hyper-control. We micromanage. We use force. We'll use willpower to try to make it work. So much of the stress in our lives is caused by this desire to want to control, to micromanage everything. And again, the harder you try to control it, the harder you try to micromanage the things that are uncontrollable in your life, the more overwhelmed you're going to feel. And and I said this last week, I want to say this again, because this is so true. Whatever situation, circumstance in your life right now, If there is someone in your life right now that's bugging you, that's driving you crazy, it's bugging you, it's driving you crazy because you can't control it or him or her. That's a truth we need to hear and understand. When I say whatever, I'm talking any circumstance, any situation. When I'm talking whoever, I'm talking about anybody, anything, anybody you are overwhelmed by that's bugging you. Part of what is bugging you, part of what is driving that sense of being overwhelmed is you want to control that situation. You want to control that person and you can't. Because if you could have, you would have. But you haven't because you can't. And that is driving you crazy. It's bugging you. You gotta let go of that need, that desire, that drive to control that situation or that person because it's just gonna, it's just gonna continue to overwhelm you. It's gonna continue to drive you crazy. It is that saying, let go and let God. It's recognizing, God, I can't control this situation, but you can. I can't control this person, but you can. That is letting go and letting God. There's so much we cannot control. There's so much that is beyond our ability to deal with but it is never beyond the control. It is never beyond the ability of God to be able to control everything. So part of that first step in in reducing that sense of being overwhelmed is you just gotta let go of control and you gotta just give that all to God. Second thing we need to do when we feel overwhelmed is the second thing Mary did, and that is let others help me out. Let go of your need to control it and then let other people help you out. Again, this is the opposite of what we tend to do. 
When people tend to get overwhelmed, what we do is we start pulling back. We start retreating. We start withdrawing from relationships. We start to isolate ourselves from others. We kind of develop this mentality uh, of, you know, just leave me alone. Give me my space. I want to hunker in my bunker. I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to be near anybody. I don't want to hear from anybody. And I see it all the time. People start to encounter a problem, an obstacle in their life, and they'll start withdrawing from the church. They'll start pulling back from the very people, the places that they really need to be pressing in. They start pulling out of friendships. They start backing away from this uh, very thing that they need is is, um, other people. We need our church when we're in a crisis. We need other people. We need our Christian brothers and sisters. Again, God created, he wired us to be relational, to be in relationship with him, to be in good, healthy, godly relationship with other believers. None of us were ever intended to go at this alone, isolated from other people, especially other brothers and sisters in Christ. Notice again what Mary does, how Mary responds to this. Verse 39 says, Mary did not waste a minute. She got up, packed her bags, traveled to a town in Judea in the hill country, straight to Zachariah's house, and she greets her cousin, Elizabeth. But that's not the most important thing. What's important is to understand who Elizabeth was. Why does Mary seek her out? Why does Mary go to Elizabeth? Well, first of all, Elizabeth, number one, was a very godly woman. She's married to a Jewish priest, Zechariah, who himself was a very righteous, a very godly man. But Elizabeth was also this very godly woman And so she was in a position to be able to pray for, to understand, to encourage um, Mary uh, in in everything that was unfolding in her life. And and, and that was a good thing. So, So she's a godly woman. Second thing is she was an older woman. She was older than Mary. And so by virtue of that, you know, being older, being a godly woman, you know what? She had a little bit more experience in the things of God. She'd kind of walked in the things of God. She was walking in the supernatural herself at this point and period in her life. I mean, she's kind of knowing the things of God a little better, a little deeper than Mary. So so she was an older woman and she had experiences with God to draw upon, to be able to share uh, with and to counsel uh, Mary in her own walk, in her own dealings of the supernatural things that God was doing in her. So she was a godly woman. She was an older woman. And the third thing was she was also pregnant. In fact, Elizabeth was pregnant with her own miracle pregnancy. If you remember the story, uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth had wanted to have children, but they were unable to have children throughout most of their lives. And right at the very end of it all, God opens the womb of Elizabeth through her husband. Again, this wasn't a virgin birth. 
but it was a miraculous intervention of God in the life of Elizabeth and Zachariah, and she is then now carrying uh, John the Baptist, who would be a cousin to Jesus. It was a miracle pregnancy. By the time Mary gets there, Elizabeth is six months into her own miracle pregnancy. So not only was she wise and older and godly, but she, and just a little bit further ahead of Mary in the things of God, she also was brand new pregnant. Elizabeth's six months pregnant, and she can kind of help Mary through her situation as well. And here's the point. When you get overwhelmed in life, sometimes you just need to find an Elizabeth Sometimes when you're overwhelmed in life, you just need to find a Zachariah in your life. What is an Elizabeth? What is a Zacharias? Again, what you look for is, first of all, a strong believer. Again, Elizabeth was a very strong believer. She knew, she understood the things of God. She was able to share from her experience So you find somebody who is a strong believer, somebody who can be kind of a a spiritual mentor, someone who can pray into you, pray into your situation, speak uh, godly wisdom into your situation, kind of mentor you uh, through that season or that experience of life. So you want to find, again, you know, someone who's a strong believer. Second thing you want to look for is, is maybe someone who's a little older than you. Again, because they maybe hopefully have had a little bit more experience uh, spiritually than you've had. You find somebody who maybe is just a little further along, a little deeper in their walk with the Lord. And and let me just stress this. They don't have to be perfect. As a matter of fact, they're not going to be perfect. If they tell you they are perfect, they're probably not the person you're looking for. Okay? Oftentimes we find people who are more godly, older, stronger, and then we find out they're not perfect and it just disqualifies everything. No one is gonna be perfect in terms of a mentor. You find somebody who's just a little bit further along, a little bit deeper in their walk with God, And God will use them, again, to speak into your life, to give you godly wisdom and counsel, and every one of us need people, partners, mentors like that. And I would say this, guys need guy partners, women need women partners. Mary didn't go and, and, you know, hook up with Zacharias as a mentor. She went and hooked up with Elizabeth. Again, over a year ago, as I went through the ordeal that I went through, as part of the restoration process, I started meeting weekly with two older local pastors. Now, they probably wouldn't like me saying older. (laughs) Pastor Bruce from the Vineyard, Pastor Dave Toyne from Agape uh, here in Clear Lake. These were both men. They were godly men. 
They had experienced, uh, um, and again, I'm not, uh, I'm not betraying anything when I talk about, you know, uh, Dave Toyn has been pretty open. There was a point in time where, you know, their church went through uh, many splits. Their church went through many crises, uh, his family, his marriage. I mean, he's been pretty open about all of that. And, you know, so for me, kind of going through a lot of the same things, I was really able to glean from his experience what God had done in him, what God had taught him. He was able to begin to kind of speak that um, into my life. It was interesting, you know, in meeting with both Bruce and, uh, and Dave, you know, I've been doing this now for well over a year. I continue uh, to meet with them on an ongoing basis. And what's interesting to me is I kind of thought there would maybe like come a point where one would tell me something that would maybe contradict or go against the other. That has never ever happened. These two men have never met each other. Um, uh, Dave has never met Bruce. Um, and, and I tell them all the time, it is just amazing because, you know, uh, Bruce will tell me something. Dave will almost kind of come in and just bring confirmation to something that Bruce has shared and vice versa. And I get something different um, from each one of these men um, in my life. And so they've been, uh, they're pastors, they're, they're older, they've got uh, experiences, uh, in being a pastor. So they have so much that they can really pour into uh, and really teach me. Um, and, and so again, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to do this and I'm exempt. I'm saying to you, I'm doing this. Um, and I went into this kicking and screaming. I didn't have this a uh, year and a half ago, two years ago. I only really went into this out of a place of great crisis for me. And looking back on that now, I would tell you I wished I'd had done this uh, when I first started pastoring. I think I would have saved myself a lot of headache and a lot of heartache. And so I'm very, very committed and I continue and I will continue uh, to meet with these two men and if there would come a point where one or both of them were no longer available, I would seek out uh, other people um, in this way. Because again, you can't do this alone. And you need people, again, that, that, that have that life experience, that are uh, godly, that are mature, strong believers, that can be able to speak into your life. And that's the thing. These men both have my permission to say whatever they feel God has to say uh, to me uh, to never, ever hold back. Don't ever, ever apologize for anything you're going to say. And so there's some times they've had to say some hard things to me. Um, but I'll tell you what, the vast majority of it, um, they're, they're always encouraging, they're praying. Uh, very few times does that word of rebuke come, but when it does, I know that they have heard uh, from the Lord on that. So again, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4.9, you are better off to have a friend than to be all alone. If you fall, your friend can help you up, but if you fall down without a friend by, you are in real trouble. And again, that's why, again, a church family can be so important. It's why we really need to be in relationships and have fellowship with other believers, especially finding those people that are stronger, more mature. And let me tell you when to do it. Do it before a crisis hits. Ever tried to anchor a ship in the midst of a storm? It's difficult to do. 
get connected. Get these people in your lives. Get this kind of accountability. Get these kind of mentors in your life before the inevitable problems of life come. They're gonna come. You're gonna have friends, you're gonna have loved ones die. You're gonna hit financial crises. Some of you, you know, you, you may end up losing your job. And again, the point is get connected now before things happen in life. Make sure that that support is in place. Those people are there when uh, that crisis comes. You're not going to have the help you need if you're not connected to other people. You weren't meant to go through life on your own. And I, again, would just encourage you, realize the importance of people around you, value those relationships that God is trying to bring into your life. Now, there's a third thing uh, that you need to do, and that's what Mary did when you're overwhelmed. So you gotta let control, let go of control, let go of controlling situations and people, and, and let other people help you, and then let God give you the strength. Some of you, you know God will give you strength, but you just don't let him. You know God will give you wisdom, but you just don't let him. You know God will, will, will send help, we just don't let him. Oftentimes when we get into situations where we're overwhelmed, we kind of just think it all depends on us. It's not up to us. It's up to God. God wants to help us. And oftentimes, God is looking at us in those moments when we're overwhelmed, and he's saying, why won't you let me help you? Why won't you let me in? Why are you trying to walk through this alone? We talk again about all of the promises in this book, in the Bible. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of promises in this book. And God says every one of those promises are yes and amen. You know what that word amen is? So be it. Every promise of God is for you. And every promise of God to you is yes. It's not maybe. It's not no. Every promise of God to you is yes. And so be it. Let it be done. That's what Mary said. This is your promise, amen, I receive it. Let it be done in me. That's the so be it, that's the amen. Bible says uh, in verse 45, talking about Mary, you are blessed for believing that the Lord will keep his promise to you. How many of you wanna be blessed this morning? What, what does it say? You are blessed, how? for believing that the Lord will keep all of his promises for you. Every one of these for you are yes and amen. Yes, so be it. Yes, let it be done according to your word. She's calm. Mary's composed because she had the promises of God in her heart. That gave her strength. One of the great promises you want to hold on to when you're overwhelmed is Isaiah 43, 2. And there it says, when you pass through the waters. Not if, when. You pass through the deep waters, I will be with you. That's when we get overwhelmed, isn't it? Deep waters. 
Some of you are in deep waters financially. Some of you are in deep waters relationally. Some of you are in deep waters maybe in your health and you're feeling overwhelmed. God's promise, God's word to you this morning is when you pass through those deep waters, I will be with you. Your troubles will not overwhelm you. When you, not if, when you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. The hard trials that come will not hurt you. They'll strengthen you. When you pass through those deep waters, when you pass through those fires that look like they can burn and consume you, the Lord says, I'll be there and it's, I'm, I'm not gonna allow them to overwhelm or to overcome you. So where do you find that kind of strength, the strength that Mary had? Let me just quickly go through these. First, you find it by praising God for his goodness. We did that this morning during our prayer time. We did that this morning in our worship. God, you are so good. We are praising God for his goodness. There is enormous power in praise. It creates incredible energy. It generates deep abiding faith. It gets your eyes off of the problem um, and onto the solution off of the circumstances and onto the Savior. The Bible says in verse 36, here's what Mary did. Oh, how I praise the Lord. That's what she did in the midst of a circumstance that had the potential to overwhelm her. What she said, oh, how I praise the Lord, how I rejoice in God, my Savior. So again, you praise God for his goodness. Second way you find strength when you're overwhelmed is you just think about God's word. Meditate upon God's word. Mary meditated upon, she fed upon, she thought upon God's word. Luke 2.19, it says, Mary quietly treasured all these things in her heart. All these things the angel said to her. It says Mary kind of just, she kind of, Let them just find a place in her heart. And it says she thought about those things that God said often. She treasured them and and she thought about them often. Mary thought about God's word. Matter of fact, if you read the rest of that chapter, Mary writes a praise song to God acknowledging his goodness. When you read that there in Luke 146 through 55, uh, you, you get the sense that Mary knew the Old Testament. This was a woman who knew her word. She knew the word of God. Scholars call what Mary wrote there the magnificent because it exalted the magnificence, the greatness, the glory um, of God. So Mary knew theology. She knew her Bible. She knew the promises of God. She was intimately acquainted with his word. And she shares for all of us to be able to see what God had done for her. And that's why It's so important to read, to study, to meditate uh, on the Bible when you're overwhelmed because this book helps you really sort out what is important um, in in life. Let me just uh, close with this. I I shared this this morning um, in, in prayer. I was reading in the book of James this week and I came upon this scripture. I, I think I had like, you know, read this thing like 
probably, you know, hundreds of times. And each time I just kind of would, would gloss over it because I really wasn't, you know, quite sure what it meant. Um, and can I just be honest with you? Um, I know people get kind of weirded out if I don't know everything that's in the Bible. <laughs> I don't. Um, if that causes you to grab your purse, grab your kids, and head to the nearest exit, I just want to be honest with you. I, I don't. I get people that oftentimes, I, I don't know if they're just trying to play you know, stump the pastor, but they'll ask me a question, and I honestly have to look at them and say, you know, I don't know. And sometimes the look on their face is, what do you mean you don't know? I, I don't know. There, there are parts of this that I continue to discover on a daily basis. And so I'm, I'm just sharing, this is something that I just discovered this week. Now, praise God, some of you may be sitting there thinking, man, I got this revelation like six years ago. Praise God, good for you. Um, I probably was just maybe not at a place in my walk where I needed to be to hear this, but I heard it this week and it was just, I, I was, I was, so excited, I shared it in, in prayer this morning. But it's James 4, uh, chapter 4, and he's kind of talking about, um, he's talking about, again, what is the cause of conflicts and quarrels? You know, where do arguments come from? And he basically says, you know, arguments kind of come from because you're just not getting what you want. You're not getting your way. And because you're not getting what you want, you're not getting your way, it's kind of causing quarrels and conflicts in your relationship. And, and so uh, he's kind of addressing that whole issue. Well, in the, in the context of that issue, he says this. He says, uh, I think it's verse 5. Uh, does a scripture mean nothing to you that says, and then he quotes this. He says, the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. I was like, wow. The spirit that God breathed into my heart, that spirit is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of me. That spirit that God breathed into you, that Holy Spirit God breathed into you is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of you. That is a response, man, when we're overwhelmed, is just to stop and to remember you are a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of me. And so God, in this place of being overwhelmed, I just step into that this morning. And so I just, I'm just gonna invite you to stand this morning. And I'm gonna invite you to do what I've done and, and just step into that this morning. Again, you may be overwhelmed by a lot of good things. There may be a lot of great things and a lot of great blessings in your life this morning. Again, it's possible to be overwhelmed by that. What God was doing in Mary was a lot of good stuff. And she, she started to just, you know, to maybe kind of have this potential of being overwhelmed. And again, it's just, she just stops and she just kind of begins to magnify. She just begins to declare the goodness, the greatness of God in the midst of her circumstance. And that's what you need to do this morning. If you're overwhelmed by good, if you're overwhelmed by things that are challenging for you this morning, it's an opportunity for you just to simply stop and just to say, God, I just again want to rejoice 
in your goodness. I want to just, again, I want to recognize that you are in control. You have all the power, God. You have all the wisdom that, God, nothing is impossible with you this morning. And you just begin to declare that over your situation this morning. And we give it to you. The good, the frustrating, the highs, the lows. God, we just give it all to you. And God, we want to just be overwhelmed by you. We want to be overwhelmed by your power and your presence this morning. God, that's what we want to be overwhelmed with. We want to be overwhelmed with your goodness this morning. We want to be overwhelmed by your mercy this morning. That's what we want to be overwhelmed by this morning, Father. So we just invite you to come and to overwhelm us with your glory. We thank you for that. You've made us for this and you sent your son for this that we can experience, that we can walk in this this morning, Father. And so just enable us to do that this morning by faith, that we can do what Mary did because we know who Mary knew. We have who Mary had. We have you, Father. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you hear this, You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org.